Friends, grace and peace to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. When my daughter was really little, too early to be able to talk, I could always tell when things were about to get weird, right? When she was angry or frustrated about something, as often happens, but she didn't have the words to talk about it. But I could see on her face that there was a storm brewing behind her eyes. And I learned something by sheer luck and experimentation. That when I saw that about to happen, I would get this close to her face and I would blow. Right up her nose. It was hilarious. Right? Her face would just light up. Her eyes got all big and weird as she how absurd her father is and how bad his breath smells, right? And her wind, or her hair was kind of wafting around, and, the, and, and she was forced to take a deep breath, right? The air was just right in her lungs. And in all of that, she forgot entirely about what she was upset about, at least for that moment. And things were okay. Another thing I learned about my children, and children, I think, in general, is that there is literally nothing more wonderful and delightful and amazing in the entire world than bubbles. Right? You are all, like, ten times happier right now because of these bubbles, right? Bubbles are... If you can get the thing in there. Bubbles are amazing, right? We would sometimes go to this indoor play place where kids would get all sorts of crazy and steal things from each other and get, but every 20 minutes, millions of bubbles would shoot out of this machine in the corner and everything was fine because bubbles are awesome. That's what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about breath and bubbles. Breath and bubbles. What I'm not going to talk about today is the Big Bang and evolution, right? Yes, we just read the first couple chapters of Genesis, this wonderful story that has been passed down about God creating the world in six days. And yes, some of our Christian friends get a little bit weird about talking about things like the Big Bang and evolution and science in general when we start talking about this. But here's the deal. I'm not opposed to science. In fact, I love it. I adore the gifts that modern science has given to us and the knowledge that we have about where we come from, where we're headed, all that stuff. But when we start bringing science into the first couple chapters of Genesis, things get all kinds of weird. And we completely and utterly miss the point. So all I'm going to say about that is that you don't have to believe in evolution in order to be a good Christian, but you certainly can. And if you want to talk about that, I'd love to chat any old time you want, but not right now, because what I want to talk about right now is breath and bubbles, because that's what this story is about. This morning, we just read the second story of God's amazing creative work in casting a world into being. Now, yes, I said second story, even though we just read the very first words of the Bible, nothing comes before. But the thing is, is that this story that we just read, it wasn't the first story that our ancestors told about how things came to be. That actually shows up in the second chapter of Genesis. Another familiar story, sometimes we shove them together, but I want to keep them separate for today. 
That story about how God carefully potted out of topsoil a, a human being and then tried to find a suitable partner for that first human. The ancestors who gave the story that we just read today, that story about God sort of painstakingly day by day, step by step by step in six days casting the world into being, the ancestors who wrote that story, they knew that other story. For hundreds of years, their ancestors had passed that story down. And it was a good story. And it served a good purpose. But in the time in which these folks, the ones who told that story, you know, the one about breath and bubbles, the ones who told this story needed a new story for a new time. And so understanding what was going on for those folks is crucial to knowing what this story has to say to us today. You see, those folks who told this story, this story about breath and bubbles, They were living in a terrible, terrifying time. They were the priests who had formerly, you know, overseen the comings and goings of the temple in Jerusalem before the temple and Jerusalem were utterly destroyed by the Babylonian Empire, crushed, defeated. The priests were now out of work, unemployed, with very few transferable skills, and they were carted a thousand miles across the desert to exile in Babylon, modern-day Iraq thousands of miles from home, having marched across the desert, they were in a completely strange land. All kinds of languages swirling about them that they did not know how to speak. All kinds of other religions just coming at them from all ways. All sorts of cultural practices that didn't make any sense. Food that they couldn't eat either by religion or by diet. They were in a completely strange place. They had no idea what kind of a future they could possibly have. Everything they knew was lying in ruins, smoking in rubble, a thousand miles behind them. Everything around them was chaos and confusion and destruction and fear. and It was formless and void. You know, the words we just heard in this story that those priests told, In the beginning, when God began to create the heavens and the earth, the earth was formless and void. In Hebrew, those words are tohu vabohu, which roughly translate into English as something like, right? You know, that that sort of swirling, chaotic, anxious, angsty feeling, that, that sort of busyness and and overwhelmingness and, 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 and chaos that just sort of swirls around you when things are totally out of control. Has anyone ever felt that? Like this this sheer chaos pressing in from all sides, that sort of buzzing in your ears, that ah that's Tohu Vabohu. And that's what they were living in. That's the, the experience they were having in Babylon, thousands of miles from home. And into that they cast this story, this story of a God who looked out at a world that was roiling in chaos, the bubbling of the seas, the spinning of all of this this formlessness, and and, ah, and God breathed. And blew a bubble. God blew a bubble. A tender, fragile, beautiful, 
delightful. Bubble. This dome that God places to separate the water from the waters and the so forth. It's not like a bulletproof plexiglass cake dome that God just sort of plopped on a flat earth, right? It's a bubble. This tender, fragile space floating in the midst of all that chaos, keeping it at bay, creating this tender space, this beautiful, delightful, calm, restive, breathing space. A place in which God could breathe. Breathe life into being. Breathe light into being. Breathe days and nights into being. Breathe hope into being. Breathe you and me and all of this into being. A place of some semblance of order in a chaotic and terrifying world. A place to breathe. It's hard to breathe sometimes when all that ah, is just spinning around. That's the gift of God's good creative work that our forebears so desperately wanted us to know and to hear is that in the midst of all of that, there is space to breathe. It's the most important thing God made. A little confirmation pop quiz for you without looking at your textbook. What is the most important thing that God created in this story? Here's a hint. It's not you. Okay, despite the fact that many of us would like to believe that that's true, and all of us live as if it were, it ain't you. No? It's rest. Rest. In six days, God made all this stuff. Could have done it in one, but, you know, light was enough for one day. Let's take a break. But when all was said and done, God wasn't done. Because God needed a nap. Right? God needed to kick up God's feet and just be. Just breathe. The pinnacle, the zenith, the high culmination of creation is not you and me. It's Sabbath. It's rest. It's a place and time, a space to just breathe. Where your worth and value are absolutely not dependent on what you do or don't do. On all your work or the list of things you have yet to do this next week. Where who you are is simply gift of belovedness of createdness, of being made in the image of one who breathes and blows bubbles and makes space to begin again. We're not in the beginning people. 
we Christian folk. We're in the beginning again kind of people. We don't come to this space with a totally fresh and clean slate. But God had stuff to work with too. It was messy. It was crazy. So are some of your lives. But Sabbath is an opportunity, a gift, a place to rest in God's belovedness, to breathe, and to start over, to begin again. This is the gift that God is giving you in these waters and at this table on this day and every time we gather, a place to simply be to be beloved and to delight in that enduring truth. To rest, to breathe, and then to begin again. And thanks be to God for that. Amen.